Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Hey folks, welcome to the Festival of Change. I'm delighted to be part of the opening of the festival. For, for those of you who don't know, the Festival of Change is an annual event. City University has been running it since 2018, uh, mostly face-to-face, but we've adapted like everyone else has around Australia and around the world. And this year, the Festival of Change is coming to you in a virtual format, but no less exciting. We have nine events spread over three weeks, and I'm delighted that this first event is an opportunity for me to celebrate CQU's commitment to to change maker an opportunity social innovation and entrepreneurship the festival of change this year is focusing on three themes bright youth futures sustainable regions and healthy and connected communities and it's an opportunity in this in this webinar and in the events coming over the next few weeks an opportunity for us to have some feedback from the youth of Australia, from um, captains of industry, sector leaders, and ask the questions about what are we all doing to make sure that we create a more equitable, uh, a more sustainable Australia. And when I say sustainable, of course, I mean, you know, environmentally, but culturally and socially and economically as well. So really exciting and appropriate for us to, us to be asking these questions and seeking that advice from the youth of Australia. And I've got a, a, an incredible lineup to introduce to you in a moment. Um, Siki University, many of you who, who don't know this, we're uh, Australia's only accredited change-maker university. Um, and so that gives us the, the acknowledgement, but also the responsibility to be thinking about how we can develop capacity of, of uh, individuals, of groups, of organisations, of whole communities, and perhaps even the whole nation through social innovation, through entrepreneurship, um, um, and, and with a real commitment to that development of capacity in a sustainable way. So I'm delighted to be able to talk to some of the bright young minds that we have on the panel today. Santiago Mills is a Wudithi Aboriginal and Kulkulgal Torres Strait Islander He's studying the Bachelor of Construction Management with CQ University. Sadie is based in Cairns and has recently been successful as a recipient of a BHP scholarship. Well done, Sandy. He's strongly grounded in his culture and his future goal is to complete his degree and return to the islands to boost the economy by using innovative building techniques to improve infrastructure and improve the quality of life for the community. Welcome, Sandy. Chair Marker Ibame is doing a Master of Information Technology with CQ University and is an aspiring software engineer. Um, she is also a CQ University change champion. 
Chiamaka moved from Nigeria to Melbourne for her studies and hopes to inspire more young adults, especially females, to get into STEM programs and to be the change they want to see in their lives. Well done, Chiamaka. Welcome. Dominic McCarthy is a second year Bachelor of Business Management student. Dominic began his Siki University journey through Start University Now while he was in high school. Start University Now is a program that uh, Siki University runs so you can literally, while you're still at school, start your university studies. So well done, Dominic, off to a flying start. He's not only an enthusiastic student mentor, he's served on the Queensland International Student Advisory Panel and the Queensland Youth Engagement Panel and is a current member of the Queensland Youth Advisory Council and a Queensland Sexual Health Ministerial Advisory, Advisory Committee Youth Advisory Group. Wow, Dominic, I don't know when you've got any spare time, but welcome. Kai Grass is a year 12 student at Emmaus College in Rockhampton. So Kai is on Drumbleland at the moment. At school, he's the academic leader for his house, the vice president of Interact, which is a school extension of the local Rotary Club. Kai hopes to study a dual degree in electrical engineering and computer science after he graduates from high school this year. Welcome, Kai. Miley James is a year 10 student at Ringwood Secondary College in Melbourne. Miley loves helping people and volunteers at her local netball club where she coaches an under 11s team. I can imagine that would be a whole lot of fun, but really challenging, Miley, as she hopes to study exercise science at university. Welcome, Miley. And then finally on our panel is Dia John. Dia joins us from the University of Melbourne, where she majors in finance and economics and a diploma of languages in Arabic. She's the vice president of the, of the Finance Students Association and a Melbourne microfinance initiative project consultant with a Peruvian startup. Dia, I have no idea why you've had enough time to join us on this panel, but I'm so glad you have, welcome. Look, I thought I might start with just a simple question, but is it simple? I'm wondering what, when, when, when you think about the future, when you dream, what do you think your future holds for you? What do you hope for your future? Just in a few sentences to, to start us off. Sandy, what are you thinking? Definitely to kick off my construction career. Um, I definitely want to uh, fulfill a niche market for Indigenous project managers. And I want to use my skill set to definitely go back to the islands and improve quality of life. And I, I feel really passionate about um, improving infrastructure. And that's how I would, uh, I would do it. Great. We're off to a flying start. Chiamaka, uh, how do you respond when, when someone asks you, what do you hope for your future? Um, when I picture a bright future, I picture a future that allows me to be three things. Um, one is to be inspiring to others. Um, two, to be fulfilled in terms of great family, love, friends, experiences. And three is to be financially stable. So when I picture a bright future, these are the three things I really picture in my future. Wow, that's fantastic. Thank you. Dominic, you're next. What are you thinking? Uh, for myself, a bright future is um, somewhere where we've got the opportunities to succeed. Um, so if that's at university, things such as um, exchanges, um, internships, extracurricular involvement. So for me, a bright future would be um, the ability to work overseas um, 
and travel abroad with um, different cultures and um, countries. Wow, fantastic. You guys are really inspiring. Kai, you're next. But just when you are prepared to really to, to, to share your sort of inner hopes, what does your future hold? Um, similar to Chamaka, I think financial stability and personal fulfillment. Not sure how that looks yet, but I'm sure it'll be good. Um, and once again, also like Dominic, I really, I want to have the uh, opportunities to succeed. And if, and hopefully when I do, I can then help others to have similar opportunities. Fantastic. Thanks, Kai. Miley, you're next. Um, well, at this stage, I'm hopefully going to complete year 12 um, and get into university. That's a big goal for me. Um, I think a bright future would include lots of travel. I'm in really interested in learning about other cultures and I would love to be able to travel when I'm older and be able to like experience those cultures firsthand. Um, but yeah, just, I feel like we've all had pretty similar, just, um, I would love to have a good connection of friends and, um, financial stability and hopefully find, a um, interesting job and a pathway that I'm interested in. Wow. Sounds great, Molly. And Dia, what are you thinking? Well, firstly, I'm so glad to see so much optimism, especially at a time when it's hard to see the glass half full. Uh, but my vision for a bright future is very simple in theory, just being able to finish my studies successfully and for that to translate into securing sustainable work opportunities and be able to explore greater learning. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think on a broader perspective as well, I've always been a, a purveyor for supporting young um, youth voices um, and bringing them to the forefront of discussion like we're doing today. Um, and so a bright future for me really is now to step up the game to see youth voices, not just as a tokenistic um, uh, tool, but to actually prioritize young voices as leaders of today. Thank you, dear. Um, the, uh, I'm really impressed, uh, and, and Chiamarka, I'm going to ask you this question, um, because it, your response was uh, about being inspiring, fulfilled family and friends, but also that financial. And I'm wondering, you all, to a number, are very optimistic about the future, and every one of your answers wasn't just about your first career, but about what else you can do personally and how you can give back. But I'm wondering how it's changed. Has the last six months dented your optimism or has it just sort of reinvigorated your, your, your desire to achieve your goals? How do, how do you think things have changed in six months for you, Jim? Okay. Um, I would say it's, it's a mixture of both because I, I'm starting the COVID and the pandemic period I must say that I, I was really feeling a little bit overwhelmed by the whole thing going on. And it did take a toll on my optimism a bit. Yes. Uh, but as time goes on, I decided to make lemonade out of lemons and um, decided to take this time that we got uh, to learn more skills and invest in just growing my future work skills that I would need for employment and um, build on things that I've always wanted to do. Like I started learning calligraphy, and it's, it, I decided to just, you know what, make lemonades out of lemons. 
Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Santi, how do you read the situation? Um, Kansas is doing it pretty tough at the moment, but do you see things, uh, your, your immediate future, tougher of, because of what we're going through, or do you see it just as bright? How are you reacting when people ask you? Um, I, I definitely see it as tougher. Um, I noticed that uh, in the building industry, a lot of companies have reverted back to their core business so there's not a lot not a lot of development pathways available now mm. it's a bit harder to get into companies and start developing in the field of work that i want to work in yeah so i've had to learn how to um manage my own way and by doing that just registering with labor companies jumping on board with with uh building companies and basically managing my own development with good guidance from other people, but without the traineeship or cadetship. You become resilient and you find other ways to overcome it. Good on you. Well, look, I hope so. Dominic, um, uh, where do you sit with your education? So you've just heard what Sandy is saying about things are going to be a bit tougher. Um, uh, are you confident that the education you're getting is giving you the resilience that Sandy refers to or the... Uh, uh, the durability, as well as all the educational requirements. Are you confident that your education pathway is going to help you achieve the sorts of things that you enunciated about your vision and your goal and your hope for the future? Yeah, I think it's a difficult question and um, there's a lot of different factors that are at play. But I think, um, you know, the job market is changing a lot and it's um, a lot more crowded these days. But I think um, with that education, it's important to focus on um, those skills that we can transfer across different careers and different industries. So programs such as um, CQ's iChange program and social innovation is helping to develop those skills. So, um, yeah, I think it's up to universities to take um, the step um, forward and look um, for other ways of, of doing their education and being innovative. Um, and I would say CQ is a great example of that and I'm not biased at all, <laughs> but um yeah, you know, it's um, it's about developing those skills that we can take into different careers because the the types of jobs of the future are going to change and some of them aren't even here yet. So um, we're going to have to continue to adapt like we've had to during this um, pandemic um, and continue to do that throughout our careers. Yeah, uh, that's great. Thanks, Dominic. Um, Dia, Dominic's opened the door a bit there. Um, you're thinking one of your responses has been, you know, I need to get through my studies and get that first job. But, but Dominic's right. The future of work, the nature of work has changed. A lot more gig economy, a lot more part-time, maybe multiple jobs. Do you feel as though your education has lined you up or what else have you done to make sure you're prepared for that sort of future? Yeah. So um, I like the saying that, you know, people are trying to make lemonade from lemons, but I think during a season like this, we're being handed apples and we're trying to make lemonade uh, from apples. It's absolutely um, a a hard, tough um, graduate market to walk into with soaring unemployment and underemployment rates uh, for young people, especially. Um, I think that university and post-secondary education is a great tool to help understand and hone your theoretical understanding of whatever 
uh, career pathway you want to pursue. Just have a feel for the intuition um, uh, of the pathway that you want to really set yourself up for. But with regard to, you know, securing actual tangible practical skills, I think there's a lot more scope uh, in terms of uh, the role um, post-secondary um, education institutions can uh, provide. And this being one of them, um, having... Um, curriculums that are um, focused not on just theoretical aspects of learning, but also on the practical skills that enable young people to really implement what they learn in lecture rooms and in tutorial rooms into, into practice, really, I think is a big gap right now. Um, yeah, I've spoken to a lot of employers, especially as I'm in the margins of, you know, um, um, graduating from my degree. And a lot of them tend to say, hey, great, you're doing a degree. But when you get into work, you know, we'll have to train you up from scratch because some of the skills that you've taken through your degree might not always be the skills that you end up applying. So bridging that application gap, I think, is super key. Yeah, thanks, dear. Molly, can I turn to you now? Um, you're already thinking ahead. You've got, obviously, communication skills and human-centred skills, because I don't suppose you could be a netball coach of under-11s haven't got some of those skills there. Are you doing this with a, a plan in mind, or is this the sorts of things that you just do anyway? Look, I've really struggled with trying to figure out what I've been interested in a lot. Um, I feel like in school I've just been a bit clueless and haven't had too much guidance on what directions are like possibilities for me to go. Um, but this year we've had a, um, a few more, like we have our careers people come and talk to us and that helped me a little bit. And I've figured out that I'm really interested in exercise science. And this is where I decided to do biology because I thought that that would give me a good head start and would also lead to lots of different pathways. I feel like in today's society, you can't just go to target a specific job. Like you need to target groups of jobs and figure out what you're interested as in a group rather than going for a specific job for me. So I'm a little bit still have pretty much no clue what I want to do, but I'm feeling like I'm finding more of a direction now. Good on you, Molly. Okay, we've heard a little bit about all the different changes and we've certainly heard a little bit, starting from Dominic, but Deer and others, about the um, changing nature of work. So I might um, start with Dominic. Um, uh, are you confident that a university degree um, is going to give you all the other things you'll need to achieve your future? So it's up to the university to provide those opportunities, but then it's up to the students to take them up and look for other ways of getting involved as well. So, um, you know, having a university that's flexible and able to accommodate different requests and different ways of doing things. Um, myself, I was living overseas this year on a student exchange. So that was, um, I found a great way to, to develop some of those um, skills we talk about. Um, so, yeah, I think a, a degree on its own isn't, like you said, going to be enough. It's about... Um, getting involved in other things and, and um, finding what interests you and what your strengths are. Mm. And I think there's um, a role for both the university to play and for the students to play in that. Uh, and it can be collaborative. Um, you know, we should be working together to look at um, news, new ways of doing things. Um, it shouldn't just be on the union. It shouldn't just be on the students. I think um, we can come together to um, um, mm. be innovative in, in, our, in our practices.
Thanks, Dominic. Um, what about you, Jamaka? Has the university helped you acquire some of the things, I mean, notwithstanding what Dominic said about how it's up to the individual as well, most studies recognise that you need critical thinking, you need communication skills, you need teamwork. Has the university in your studies helped you acquire those sorts of skills? Um, yes, I would say I'm I was given the great opportunity to be a change hand at CQU Melbourne. And during this time, I've built many future of work skills, working with the most amazing team, organizing workshops, student events, um, as well as setting up volunteering opportunity for students with external bodies. All these have really, um, really honed my communication and teamwork skills. I've also been exposed to the idea of human-centered design and how it's can be employed to tackling social problems, thus also building my problem solving skills. And it's really amazing how these skills that I have built from social innovation at Sikh University has translated to my internship, which I'm currently doing. Um, these critical thinking skills, this problem solving skills, it has really translated. And I, and I do say that the degree on its own might not do a lot, but coupled with all the other things that CQUNIC provides. Oh, that, that's a relief to hear. <laughs> Thanks, Jamaka. <laughs> Sandy, could I turn to you again? Um, a lot of your initial response wasn't just about uh, the construction management studies that you're doing, but also laced in your response was your commitment about giving back. Has that always been something that you were thinking about as you approached your studies? I come from a culture where we're really people-based and we are very involved in lives. So we have a lot to do with our elders. We have a lot to do with the younger ones. So we're very community-involved, we're community-based. And, you know, from, you know, being seafarers, going out and getting fish, we made sure that we had enough fish for people who couldn't go out and get fish. So we'd be taking food up to the elders or taking up food to people a bit sick and got in the boat. So I don't feel like um, I've learnt it through uni. If anything, it's enhanced it. It's given me, uni has enabled me with other skills that I can go back to the islands and share or inspire youth, indigenous back on the islands to, to, to go to uni and enhance their own set of skills in whatever they choose to do. So was a degree always part of your plan so you could achieve this? How did that work? Um, I, I actually finished my um, carpentry trade first. So when I left school and I just jumped straight into the construction industry and I wanted to be hands-on, it was very good and stuff like that. And I, I always wondered what I could do next. The next step for me was, and um, I saw that, you know, I'm in, I'm in that field of, in that industry. And construction um, management was uh, probably one of the highest positions that I could see in that industry. And then from there, who knows what I can do from there. I'll just want to get to that and finish my degree first. Dia, can I turn to you next? Um, I can't help but think that things have changed in our young adults, that, that a generation ago, it was getting get a degree, if you were going to get a degree, get a trade or get, get a job, and it was about 
that individual. Um, and yet we're hearing again and again across this panel, but in all my experience, um, I, yes, I want that financial support. Yes, I want to succeed at uni a job, but I also want that fulfillment and giving back and that. So I'm much more, have you seen that as well? Do you think there's a difference in generations here? Absolutely. I keep thinking to myself uh, most recently, um, you know, uh, it had to take a whole pandemic to happen, unfortunately, for me to be, um, you know, realize that I, I don't I, I don't have to be as selfish with my uh, career needs. So previously it was all about, OK, get the job, get the best marks you can um, go out there, get involved, et cetera, et cetera. But I think now with COVID, with everything that's happening online, you know, with my friends struggling with the same issues that I'm with in terms of gaining secure job opportunities or being able to navigate this not so kind market out there. Um, it, it really helped reveal to me the, the, um, the common thread that, that I guess connects us all, which is that, you know, we're all humans and we're all young people who have to make, make it through this together. So I think more, than, more so than anything, it has reinforced, I think, this generation of young people, of Generation COVID, uh, that mm -hmm. through this whole experience that we've had, um, you know, just simply uh, fulfilling um, very individual career pathways and aspirations won't just suffice, especially if we want the economy and if we want job markets to be booming again, we got to ensure that our fellow graduates across the country um, have access to those same opportunities and are able to engage in those opportunities as well. Yeah. Dear, on, uh, on balance, mm. do you think COVID-19 has reminded people what else is important or, in other words, being, they've been more generous to, to humankind, or they've become more selfish and more scared? Tough question, I know. Yeah, that's a tough question. You seem so positive. I, I couldn't help but ask the question of you. Of course. And, and the positivity is coming from the whole panel we've got here. Um, but yes, that is, that is very true. And I guess um, there are two sides to this. On one end, yes, you do see concerning, um, you know, um, expressions of, I guess, being very self-centered and i get that people are frustrated staying indoors especially in melbourne and we want to just get out we want to get um you know we want to get some fresh air we want to not be constrained to just the four walls of our house anymore which in a sense is is uh, you know is antithetical to that community support that we need to have right now but more so than ever those voices and those um expressions of you know just wanting what you want is sort of dwarfed compared to the enormous community support that we're seeing. And unfortunately, it has taken this for us to realize that, yeah, that community comes first if we are to thrive um, on, on, on an overall basis, but also on an individual basis. Wow, you guys give me lots of hope. Hey folks, I've got one or two questions and I'm gonna ask you them in a second, but before I do, I feel as though there's been this elephant in the room called COVID-19 that we've largely ignored. And I'm okay with that if you all feel as though it's halfway out the door and we can ignore it, but it's still pretty big and could be you know, a big challenge for your immediate future. I mean, just in the disruptions of studies for Molly and Kai and all of you are at uni, but the disruptions of potential work as well. So can I run around the, the, the virtual table and just see how people are, are feeling about it, whether it's preoccupying your thoughts for the future or whether you think it's something that you're just going to get over quite quickly. Jim, I can ask you initially, how do you respond to that? Um, yeah, I do, I do feel like it's, it's been there. I've been thinking about it. 
Um, and I do feel the future is unpredictable. At this point, the prospects are really diminishing because obviously a lot of businesses have really taken some hits from this. Uh, but I say that what we can do is try to focus on the positive and try to improve our skills in this period and get ready for that time where you know, there are any opportunities that are coming forward um, for us to be able to take those opportunities and, and ride, with, ride with it. Yeah. So, um, although there might be a barrier right now and, and, this, and there are issues that are being um, amplified by the pandemic, I do think that more and more organizations out there are trying to create opportunities for everyone, regardless of what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Sandy, can I turn to you? How do you think about it? Is this something that we're going to laugh about in a year's time looking back, or do you think that it's, it's a problem that we've got to address? Oh, I think it's a, it's a problem that we've got to address because we're essentially going to be the workforce that has to deal with rebuilding the economy. Mm. Yeah. With that, we should be involved in discussions of whatever modelling they're going to try make to rebuild the economy. So yeah. I feel like it is, we're in it for the long haul. We yes. may not realize it, but we are, yeah. Look, Sandy, that's interesting, isn't it? Dominic, what do you think about it? Is it a shadow of your future? Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes you aware about how quickly things can change. Um, I think um, maybe some people are just tired of talking about COVID, so maybe they're trying to look beyond it now, but I think it's still very much um, mm. present and prevalent in a lot of places and um, it's going to have um, long-term effects. So I think it's always in the back of your mind about... Um, you know, what's the job market going to look like in the next two years, five years, 10 years? Um, what will I do if there's something like this that's going to happen again? You know, how will I adapt? Um, you know, this could happen again in another five years, 10 years, 20 years. So um, that's sort of in the back of your mind, um, fear for a lot of young people um, who are less fortunate. Um, and I am, you know, concerned about how that's going to play out. Yeah, sure. Dear, what's your position on this? Yeah, I'd uh, just like to echo everything that's been said so far. Um, in that as much as we'd like to get over COVID, it is a very, very um, explicit reality um, that, that we just cannot ignore. Um, and I think in terms of uh, something that weighs on my mind, especially, you know, uh, with the onset of COVID was, yeah, like everyone, uh, job. What am I going to do? Because I'm almost going to graduate. Uh, how am I going to secure an internship or a job? And so, and, and that's been shared, that sentiment's been shared even with my peers. Everyone's worried about, oh my goodness, how am I going to make it through this market? And, and there, and, 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 I guess that isn't just uh, something that we're feeling. Um, it is something that's also being actualized in the way internship interview processes and applications are being held. So I've had my fair run of um, internship applications processes uh, this year. And I can fairly say that comparing it to what it was like last year from what I've heard from friends or my own um, experience of it last year, the number of callbacks that you get are dwindling. Um, the, the number of interviews or stages that you get through is becoming a lot harder. And the fact that it's all online doesn't really help. So I think more than anything, um, that's always been on my mind. So um, if, if there's anything that I've taken away from this pandemic or this whole experience is that, you know, any opportunity that you see, you got to grab it now more so than ever. Wow. 
Uh, thanks, dear. Um, and we're, we're getting into one of the questions, actually, you guys didn't know this, I can read the questions, and it's about what you think the biggest challenge is for you to, uh, to get into the career you want. I'm going to ask, what are the challenges to, for your career, but what are the challenges also for you giving back? Because you nearly all talked about uh, not just your own career, but your goals were also how you can give back, how you can contribute to your local communities or more broadly. Kai, I might start with you. Are you confident that you'll not only be able to carve out your own career in the immediate future, but be able to give back in some sort of social innovative way as well? Uh, where's your confidence levels there? I mean, I think the biggest challenge, not even COVID at all, I think is uh, a mixture of self-motivation and determination. I think a lot of people, if, if you really want something bad enough, you're probably going to be able to get it. Not always, and not always the case, but I think the biggest challenge that I personally faced, especially in getting to where I want to be, is mostly self-motivation. Mm. Yeah, sure. Marley, do you, uh, do you have to kick yourself every now and again and make sure that you're motivated, or is that something that comes naturally for you? Um, typically, I'm a pretty motivated person. However, COVID has definitely shown another side of myself to me. I feel like it's just so much more difficult to stay concentrated and motivated, especially when these days are just all merging into one, being stuck in Melbourne, in my house, and not really being able to go anywhere. Mm. Um, but mm. I definitely feel like motivation for me will be a big part of me getting to where I want to go and maintaining it. That's probably the main thing. Like, it, great, I have it at the start, but I need to maintain it because I can lose focus over time. Good one, Molly. Thank you. Um, we're down to our last couple of minutes, but I wanted to ask the the four folk that are still at uni. Um, uh, you've all been very gracious saying that your studies have given you extra things besides your qualifications um, a, a, as an opportunity to give back. But now let's put a bit of acid on the universities here. Um, and Jim Marker, I might start with you. What What's been lacking? What else could we have done that not just helps your career, but could have helped you in your training or ability to give back, to, to, to be a change maker? So I think in my experience at CQ University, um, there's been a lot of opportunities, a lot of extracurriculars. And um, I would say maybe the one thing that is off a bit is the maybe the student feeling of, sense of uh, community mm. so it would be really great to see more of uh, some sort of motivation for students to um participate in all these activities mm. you know mm. um but so far at the end of the day it's also on the students themselves to take opportunities these opportunities presented to them like for me when i came here i um recognized the fact that i had all this different amazing things that in front of me and i took them i grabbed them but i will also say that the school can maybe try to yeah, work a little bit harder facilitate that student engagement and do you have anything to add is there something that you'd like to tell the vice chancellor damn it i wish you taught me this or that or given me this opportunity no i think i think my experience with cpu has been um really really positive and really I feel supported, especially um, with the all the indigenous uh, initiatives and support services you guys have. So that's been good. 
I do feel like um, because everything's online, uh, it's less engaging. I'm not too sure how you can sort of improve that engagement, but it feels like that. Mm. It can't be helped. There's a, there's a bit of a disconnection because of the shift to online, but that, that could be improved. So. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for the period. Hey, folks, we're out of time. All six of you have been remarkable. I am so confident about the future uh, with graduates coming through, students coming through like yourselves. So thank you very much, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.